Section 17 of The Exploits of Juve by Marcel Alain and Pierre Souvestre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 17 On the Slabs of the Morgue as he turned at the far side of the pont saint louis dr ardel the celebrated medical jurist caught sight of monsieur fusilier the magistrate chatting with inspector juve in front of the morgue i am behindhand gentlemen so sorry to have made you wait monsieur fusilier and juve crossed the tiny court and entered the semicircular lecture-room where daily lessons in medical jurisprudence are given to the students and the head men of the detective police force dr ardell piloting his guests did the honours the place is not exactly gay in fact it has an ill reputation but anyhow gentlemen it is at your disposition monsieur fusilier you will be able to investigate in peace monsieur juve you will be at liberty to put any questions you choose to your client the doctor spoke in a loud voice emphasizing each word with a jolly laugh good-natured devoid of malice yet making an unpleasant impression on his two visitors less at home than he in the gruesome abode they had just entered you will excuse me he went on if i leave you for a couple of minutes to put on an overall and my rubber gloves the doctor gone the two instinctively felt a vague need to talk to counteract the doleful atmosphere the morgue seemed to exhale where so many unclaimed corpses so much human flotsam had come to sleep under the inquiring eyes of the crowd before being given to the common ditch being no more than an entry in a register and a date body found so-and-so buried so-and-so tell me my dear juve asked monsieur fusilier this morning directly i got your message i at once acceded to your wish and asked ardell to have us both here this afternoon but i hardly understand your object what have you come here for juve with both hands in his pockets was walking up and down before the dissecting table at the magistrate's question he stopped short and turning to monsieur fusilier replied why have i come here i scarcely know myself it's everything or nothing the key to the puzzle i tell you monsieur fusilier things are becoming increasingly tragic and baffling how's that the part played by josephine is less and less clear she is lupart's mistress she informs against him is fired at by him then according to fandor becomes in some manner his accomplice in a robbery so daring that you must search the annals of american criminality to find its like you refer to the train affair yes now leaving josephine on one side we are confronted with two enigmas dr chalek a man of the world a scholar crops up as leader of a band of criminals what we know for certain about him is that he fired at josephine that he was concerned in the affair of the docks no more there remains lupart and about him being the real culprit we know nothing there is no proof that he killed the woman in order to prove that we should have to know who that woman is and why she was killed and also how the how and why of the crime alone might chance to give us the answer what trail are you following that of the dead woman the body we are about to examine will determine me in which quarter to direct my search 
monsieur fuselier looking at the detective with a penetrating eye asked you surely haven't the notion of suspecting fantomas you are right monsieur fuselier he replied behind lupar behind chalec everywhere and always it is fantomas i am looking for whatever information the detective was about to impart to the magistrate was cut short by the return of dr ardell that gentleman in donning the uniform of the expert had resumed an appearance of professional gravity we are going to work now gentlemen he announced i need not remind you of course that the body you are about to see that of the woman found in the cite frochot has already undergone certain changes due to decomposition which have modified its aspect so saying dr ardell pressed a button and gave an attendant the necessary order be so good as to bring the body from room number six some minutes later a folding door in the wall opened and two men pushed a truck into the middle of the hall upon which lay the corpse of the unknown i now give over the dead woman to you to identify declared dr ardell my examination has been carried out and my part as expert is over i am ready to hand in my report fuselier and juva bent long over the slab upon which the body had been placed alas cried juva how recognize anything in this countenance destroyed by pitch what discover in these crushed limbs this human form which is now a shapeless mass and turning to dr ardell he questioned professor what did you learn from your autopsy nothing or very little replied the doctor death was not due to one blow more than another a general effusion of blood took place everywhere at once everywhere at once what do you mean by that questioned juva gentlemen that is the exact truth in dissecting this body i was surprised to find all the blood vessels burst the heart the veins the arteries even the lung cells more than this the very bones are broken splintered into a vast number of little pieces lastly both on the limbs and over the whole body i find a general ecchymosis reaching from the top of the neck to the lower extremities but objected juba who feared the professor might linger over technical details too complex for him what general notion does this suggest to you as the cause of death a strange idea monsieur juba and one it is not easy for me to define you might say that the body of this woman had passed under the grinders of a roller the body is rolled that is just the word crushed all over and there is no point where the pressure might be conjectured to have been greatest monsieur fuselier looked at juva what can we deduce from that he asked professor ardell demonstrates scientifically the same doubts to which a rough inspection led me how did the murderer go to work it becomes more and more of a mystery it is so much so declared professor ardell that even by postulating the worst complications i really cannot conceive of any machine capable of thus crushing a human being i see and do not believe declared the magistrate that we have any more to see here it is plain juba that this corpse cannot furnish any clues to you and me for the inquest the corpse no cried juba but there is something else then turning to the professor he asked could you have brought to us the clothes this woman wore quite easily from a bag that an attendant handed him juba drew out the garments of the dead woman 
the shoes were by a good maker the silk stockings with open-work embroidery the chemise and the drawers were of fine linen and the corset was well cut nothing he cried not a mark on this linen or even the name of the shop where it was bought he examined her petticoat her bodice a sort of elegant blouse trimmed with lace and the velvet collar which had several spots of blood upon it he then drew a small penknife from his pocket and kneeling on the floor proceeded to probe the seams suddenly he uttered a muffled exclamation ah what's this from the lining of the bodice he drew out a thin roll of paper crumpled stained with blood torn unfortunately goodness of god in whom i trust i do not wish to die with this remorse i do not wish to risk his killing me to destroy this secret i write this confession i will tell him it is deposited in a safe place yes i was the cause of the death of that hapless actor yes valgrand paid for the crime which gurn committed yes i sent valgrand to the scaffold by making him pass for gurn gurn who killed lord beltham gurn who i sometimes think must be fantomas juva read these lines in an agitated voice and as he came to the signature he turned pale and was obliged to stop what is the matter it is signed lady beltham in order that dr ardell understanding nothing of juva's agitation might grasp that import of the paper just discovered he would have had to call to mind the appalling tragedy which three years before had stirred the whole world with its bloody vicissitude and mystery one not solved to that hour lady beltham at that name juva called up the whole blood-curdling past he saw in fancy the english lady whose husband was murdered by the canadian gurn who was perhaps her lover and juva following his train of thought pondered that he had accused this same lady of having to save her lover the very day the guillotine was erected on the boulevard found means to send in his stead the innocent actor Balgrand and here in connection with this affair of the cité frochot he found lady beltham involved in the puzzle of which he was so keenly seeking the key juva again read the momentous paper he had just unearthed by jove it was plain ran his thought the lady criminal though she might be was first and foremost fantomas passionate inamorata and this paper he held in his hands was the tail-end of her confession the remains of a document in which in a fit of moral distress she had avowed her remorse and made known the truth and taking line by line the cryptic statement juva asked himself further what do these phrases signify how extract the whole truth from these few words i do not want him to kill me in order to destroy that secret when lady beltham wrote that she was angry with gurn then again what did this other doubtful expression mean gurn who i sometimes fancied may be fantomas she did not know then the precise identity of her lover oh the wretch to what depths had she sunk then as he put this query to himself juva shook from head to foot like a thunderclap he thought he grasped the truth he had followed so eagerly what had become of lady beltham must he not come to the conclusion that this woman whose face had been crushed out of all recognition by the murderer was none other than the lady how else explain the discovery in her bodice of the betraying document who but she could have had it in her possession who else could have so sedulously concealed it juva read over another clause i will tell him it is deposited in a safe place 
Feverishly, Juve took up the garments, trailing on the ground, and carefully explored the fabric, made a minute search. "'It is impossible,' he thought, "'that I should not find another document, the beginning of this confession. I must have it.' All at once he stopped short in his search. "'Curse it all!' and he pointed out to Monsieur Fuselier, disguised in the lining of a loose pocket in the petticoat, a fresh hiding-place, but torn, and, alas, empty. This woman had split up her confession into several portions, and if she was killed it was certainly to strip her of these compromising papers. Well, the murderer had attained his object. "'Look, Fuselier, this empty cache is the proof of what I put forward, and chance alone allowed the page concealed in the collar of this bodice to fall into my hands.' long did the detective still grope and ponder heedless of the questions the professor and the magistrate kept asking him he rose at last and with a distracted gesture took the arm of monsieur fuselier and dragged him before the stone slab on which the corpse but recently unknown smiled a ghastly smile monsieur fuselier the dead woman has spoken she is lady beltham this is the body of lady beltham the magistrate recoiled in horror he murmured but who then can dr Shalek be who can lupart be juva replied without hesitation ask fantomas the names of his accomplices and leaving him and dr ardell without any farewell juva rushed from the morgue his features so distorted that as they passed him people drew aside amazed and murmuring a madman or a murderer end of chapter seventeen read by don w jenkins Rancho San Diego, California, shaggybark.blogspot.com.